We have almost forgotten that we are in a great mortal combat. The battle of the forces of good and the forces of evil. Today we are beginning either to domesticate the devil or else to deny him. God's definition of himself is I am who am. The devil's definition of himself is I am who am not. He is most powerful when he is denied. Welcome to Wednesday War College. My name is Jesse Romero. I'm here with Kyle Clement. Uh, on Wednesdays, we have our experts from Liber Cristo. They come in and they answer questions. We talk about high-level topics. Uh, Kyle, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, it's good to be here with you, Jesse. Thank you so much for what you do. Kyle, what's going on with uh, some of the retreats? Uh, are, are some of them open? What's open and what's left uh, for the uh, uh, Liber Cristo retreats? Oh, great. So um, Libra Cristo is doing three retreats uh, in Wyoming at Lewis Lake Lodge. <clears throat> and so the first one is Reclamation Theology. The target uh, audience on this is couples or mature individuals who are looking at um, deep, deepening their faith practice. And we're going to look at a lot of the things that we take for granted and a lot of the things that we have kind of dropped by the wayside, but the things that really put the, um, that, that put some oomph, if you will, some efficacy into your Catholic life. Um, and so that's reclamation theology. Um, then there's, uh, there's a few spots left for that. Uh, I would encourage you to, to go to Louis Lake Lodge and, and look at that on the Internet. You can see the lodge. Beautiful, beautiful setting in the Wind River Mountains of Wyoming. The following week is a mother-daughter retreat <clears throat> with Father Ripperger, and it's uh, about the right roles, of uh, authority structure, uh, but the right roles of women, not only in, in uh, preserving us and our faith and growing in holiness, but preserving the church itself. Um, how do we, uh, as men and women, um, exercise those roles correctly to augment the flow of grace into humanity through Catholic households? And so that's a very, very, um, there are just a few spots left for that. Then the next week is a father-son retreat, and that one is full. Again, hosted uh, Father Ripperger uh, is going to do male roles in preservation of, of our Catholic faith. So father-son retreat is full. The mother-daughter has a few spots left. Reclamation Theology has a few spots left. Go to LibraCristo.org and ask for more information, and uh, then they'll supply you with the details. Thank you, Jesse, for the opportunity to talk about that. Kyle, I like the way you just mentioned that. You said uh, when there's right order in the home, more grace flows, flows into the world, right? Something like that you just said? Correct. It's, it, that's absolutely right. We as a church militant, actually, uh, our primary obligation and charge is to um, augment the flow of grace, to be God's presence in the world, um, and to augment the flow of grace. This is the angelic mission as well. Um, and then the diabolical and those who are in league with the diabolical seek through their actions to impede the flow of grace or to act in the economy of damnation rather than the economy of salvation. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, the, di the diabolical wants, wants to impede the flow of grace. Makes perfect sense. 
Kyle, there's a couple of questions from listeners here I want to just uh, throw at you. I, I answered one. I just want you to clean it up if there's something that I missed. Somebody uh, somebody email, listens to the show a lot, and he emails. Uh, he, calls, he calls himself oppressed Catholic uh, in his email. And that's the way he identifies himself. And, and I'm concerned about him, so I, I, I wrote back to him because he's a listener to the show. I said, look at... I said, oppression is one of the four extraordinary extraordinary activities and attacks by the devil against a human being. In the Bible, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, the Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him, close quote. So I, 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 t- I told him to the listener, I says, demons can't read your thoughts, but you're not hiding your thoughts. They're on your email name, on your email name. Your thoughts are public. If I know what you think of yourself, every demon in the world knows what you're thinking of yourself as well. In Ephesians 4.27 it says, And do not give the devil a foothold. Close quote. So I wrote, You're giving the devil a foothold by acquiescing that you're oppressed. You've labeled yourself a prisoner of war. Step one to liberation. Don't give the devil any more ammunition to go after you. The, demon, the demons attack the memory and imagination and you're just reinforcing through repetition into your mind that you're oppressed because that is the way you identify yourself in your email. I said, basic math, science, and spiritual warfare, like attracts like, oppressed people attract demons. St. Joan of Arc said, all battles are first won or lost in the mind. What else would you add to the listener to what I just told him? You know, Jesse, uh, your, your answers, I'm, I'm continually just impressed with the depth, the breadth, and the totality of the answer. You're exactly right. Uh, to put it in another term or to put it in another way, um, psychological compatibility is something that we talk about all the time um, here in, at Libra Cristo and, and in the SMD, Society of the Most Sorrowful Mother, because ultimately there's a principle that relationship is based upon psychological compatibility, meaning there is something upon which the two parties agree. Um and, and or there's a common enemy. <clears throat> we see this all the time, that this is the basis for our relationship. And oppression is a form of relationship. All of the extraordinary activity of the demon with humans is a form of relationship. And so once you understand that, then it, it really, there's some cosmic clicks that take place. And so if a guy's identifying himself as a as oppressed, it's it's like uh you know, email me at loser sixty four uh <laughs> at gmail dot com. Correct. The, yeah. The I'm always amazed at the email addresses of people who are requesting help because it gives you an, an inside look. I got one just the other day, it was white witch and then a number. Um but she <laughs> And so if you're identifying yourself that way, that's your alter ego, your avatar alter ego, your virtual ego, then of course you're going to come to the attention of the demon. Okay, you just you just uh, basically reinforce what I just said. Here's another question, Kyle. People ask this because uh, they hear it all the time on Libra Cristo on the, on the Wednesday show. <clears throat> uh, what is a demonic matrix? And then the second question is, and and what does it mean to break the demonic matrix? Okay, so the demonic matrix has many features, but what you're looking at is if you use the word paradigm or matrix or um, ideology, I think that's a good way to look at it is um, 
it is a, it is a psychological construct. It's a, it's a methodology. It's a thought. It's how one uh, navigates the world, how one either plugs into reality or actually constructs an alternate reality to the extent they can. The thing about a diabolical matrix is if you look at angelic matrix or diabolical matrix, the angelic matrix or the righteous matrix is those things there. So it's got some features such as virtue, virtuous thoughts, the desire to be holy, the desire to be pleasing to God. Um, at the basis of that matrix is the, the angelic matrix. The basis of that is relationship with God, is a desire for a relationship with God, and the focus is on um, the creator. Now, the diabolical matrix is opposed to the good, and so some of the features there are ongoing vice, habitual mortal sin, uh, preservation and elevation of self. Um, and so that individual is actually ad hominem or ad populum, meaning the focus is on the creature or created things and the temporal realm versus um, the focus being on the creator and the spiritual realm. Um, what do you uh, place your emphasis on? Where is your treasure? There is your heart also. And so so this matrix, the, the idea of matrix is it's a set of rules or, or a set of methodologies or dispositions that says this is how this person interacts with reality. And then the overlay of the diabolical matrix and the sinful human matrix that's where psychological compatibility is. That's where one is in league uh, with the demon. Oftentimes, unknowingly, they seek to please themselves and further their own agenda. We have a classic case of this going on in the uh, hierarchy of the church, where unholy behavior, disordered behavior, is being rewarded and is actually a path to advancement. Mm -hmm. We're seeing it. And so all you have to do uh, just apply the duck test. Apply the common sense, reasonable man duck test. If it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, swims like a duck, then you've just checked off several boxes that there's a pretty good possibility what you're looking at is a duck. So when we're looking at a group of men <clears throat> who are militating maliciously, not ignorantly, maliciously, because their actions are consistently in opposition to tradition, to known elements of the faith, and there is a restructuring bad behavior, sinful behavior, deviant behavior is being rewarded, is certainly not being corrected. Hmm. And then when there are those who do correct it, they are canceled or they are pushed to the side you're looking at the shift from an angelic an, an angelic matrix to a diabolical matrix and the focus is now on creature creator remaking the church remaking the structures uh, of grace that's precisely what we're seeing you're listening to war wednesday war college jesse romero kyle clement uh, kyle clement is uh He's uh, been working with Father Ripperger for the last 15 years as a right-hand man at, uh, with the SMD. We'll be right back. More questions from the audience.
Wednesday War College. People really look uh, forward to Wednesday shows. We got a lot of priests around the country that listen to this show, particularly on Wednesdays, because I have Kyle Clements and I have Dr. Dan Schneider on. And uh, these are two of the most uh, erudite uh, lay Catholics when it comes to the, the issue of a Catholic spiritual warfare. So, Kyle, I just asked you about what is a demonic matrix. You gave us a good working definition but but I also want uh, I also also want to ask you before we go on to some other some other questions for the audience, is what does it mean when you use the the phrase I've heard you and Dan use the phrase to break the demonic matrix? What does that exactly mean? So in order to break the matrix, first of all, number a person needs to be aware of it, and so is to to be aware that it's not isolated events that there is a an economy of damnation that is in opposition to the economy of salvation, meaning the diabolical apes, um, the structures of grace, militates against the structures of grace. And so one of the, the key features of camouflaging the matrix is to get a person to think about themselves only. They, they think, I'm under attack. They think, uh, the de- demon is focused on me personally. The demon really has very little interest on us personally. He sees people in pivotal positions. He sees vocation. He sees the ability to crumble structures by targeting individuals, but it's not their individuality that he is concerned with. It's the effect. And so once you start to see that and realize that you're special, just like everybody else, Hmm. It's not about you personally. It's about the the place you occupy in the cosmic flow of grace, in the distribution of grace, in the relationship of all of humanity um, to God. And so oftentimes you see a classic example of this is when the husband says things like, my wife doesn't understand me. Um, She doesn't give me the respect that I deserve, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's about him, and what he doesn't realize is what's under attack is the vocation, the marriage, the one flesh union, and he's simply the weakest link. And so that's where the diabolical will always focus, and it appears to be an, quote, individual attack, but what he's doing is taking advantage of um, the low spot in the wall or the weakest link or the weakest personality in a family. And so once you identify the diabolical matrix – then you can can set about breaking it. How do you break it? You replace vice with virtue. It's a constant militation to route out the things that are against the good. This includes relationships. This includes possessions. This includes practices. Um, because our Lord's very clear: you're either for me or against me. Um, you're you're either pursuing holiness or not. And so. The demon has created this demilitarized zone between the pursuit of holiness and abject depravity by by the modernist idea, the relativist idea is, I just need to be nice. I just need to be a good person. Hmm. I need to have the secular virtues of compassion. I need to, to do these things. Well, that's not pursuing holiness. There's a difference between avoiding sin and pursuing holiness. Got it. That's that's a complete answer to me. That's uh, that makes sense. Um, you're, what does liber crystal mean 
when they say that a person has fractured thoughts? It's a great, it's a great thing. So what we, a great concept to to get, and it helps you expose the diabolical matrix and where you are um, susceptible to it, where you're vulnerable. And so what you, St. Paul says, capture every thought, make it obey Christ. Yes. Capture every thought, make it yield to the passion. Um, and so it's this understanding that uh, suffering is part of the human condition. It is a wage of sin. Suffering and death are a wage of sin. And through suffering, one may achieve holiness. One may not achieve holiness through pain. And so there is a differentiation between pain, suffering, and sorrow. And it's a wonderful teaching um, that we could do at some point in time. But suffice it to say, you need to identify the thoughts that are inconsistent with Christ's thoughts. And chief among them are the following, and we find this in the following order uh, of, of occurrence. And so statistically, we find that the diabolical are present to people predominantly in the area of the unwillingness or the aversion to any form of suffering, any form of discomfort, any form of adversity. And so that's the primary one. The secondary one is um, authority, the the reaction or the subjection or lack thereof of the person being in right relationship, right order, vis-a-vis authority. One of the key lies there is that authority and merit are somehow synonymous or linked, and they are not. And the, again, a whole teaching on that, our Lord shows us clearly that authority is by providence, and it's not only how we subject ourselves to right authority, but how we oppose um, uh, improper authority and how we discharge authority properly. This is, Father spends a lot of time discussing power and authority structure in uh, his new book, Dominion. I would highly recommend that book. You can find it at censustraditionis.org. Uh, also, this is a topic of conversation in uh, in the retreats. And then the third, um, the third area statistically where one is, is plugs into the diabolical matrix quite often is the elevated uh, image of self. Hmm. One of the great desert fathers says there are three images that a, man, uh, that a man has. One is the image he has of himself. One is the image um, that his superior or his spouse has of him. And the third is the image that God has of him. Hmm. Sainthood is the reconciliation of those three images so that they are one. Um, and so, again, from the Desert Fathers here, you have a simple statement, but it's a life work. And so oftentimes offense is born out of this. This is a key area of psychological compatibility with the diabolical and how we plug into the matrix is our disordered sense of justice mainly with us as the center point. We we demand respect. We demand that people acknowledge who we think we are. Um, and in doing that, we are immediately psychologically compatible with the arrogance of the fallen angel, the arrogance of the demon who thinks he is more than he is. Let me ask you one more question on, on fractured thoughts. Uh, can it also mean, can it also mean a separation of thoughts th- you know, that describes a person who has deep psychological wounds 
where he can't distinguish between his his or her own thoughts from the demon's projections into his or her mind. Is would, would that also be part of the definition? It is part of the definition, and so what you're speaking about there, that use of fractured thought is is when the person starts to realize by using the the saint the Pauline criteria of capture every thought, make it obey Christ, then he realizes that there are thoughts in his head and images and concepts which are incompatible with his faith, with the triune God, with Christ himself, with the passion. And so then he must fracture that and say, is that me? Is it diabolical? Is it both? Is it my thought and the diabolical thought? And in there, he has to start disengaging. He has to start purifying his thoughts, purifying his words, purifying his deeds, change, amend his life. And so this is the movement in the will that starts to fracture that thought and say, okay, that's diabolical. I'm going to reject that. This is me. I'm going to amend that. I'm going to correct that. Well, wow, that was good. Say that last sentence again. I want people to hear it again. That last sentence that you just said, that was really good. So when you apply the Pauline principle of capture every thought, make it obey Christ, then every time you think you're offended, you, you sense offense, you, you sense any of that, you have to say, stop. Number one, is this a righteous thought? Yes or no? Probably it's not. Okay, if it's not righteous, if it does not obey Christ, if it doesn't conform to Christ-like thought, then where is its source? Is it diabolical, or is it me, or is it both? And if it is both, I must reject the diabolical thought, and I must amend and change my thought and my behavior so that it is now requisite with the Christ. Got it. Got it. Hey, uh, we we got one more before we go on to another topic. The next uh, segment, I want to get into a little bit about the occult history of the U.S. military and talk a little bit about psyops and get your take on what psyops is and how prevalent is this. But one more question that we have from the audience is, what is a soul tie? What is a soul tie? Okay, that's a great question. Um, And so let's go to it. The term soul tie first appears uh, in usage and print used by Dr. James Dobson, Focus on the Family. And so what he was talking about there was uh, the relationship between two souls who engage in certain activities, and his he, he limited his comments to uh, illicit conjugal act, or the conjugal act outside uh, sacramental marriage or marriage. Uh, Dr. Dobson being Protestant would not have used the term sacramental. But the point being is that the conjugal union is is restricted to a married couple within uh, the sacrament of matrimony, and it, it has certain other features to ensure its purity. Any deviation from that opens it up to uh, a diabolical influence. But a soul tie is formed when two souls engage in a physical activity which either gives glory to God or blasphemes God or militates against God. And so the true meaning of the term conspiracy, it has a negative connotation modernly, but to conspire means to breathe together. Mm -hmm. And so... To pray together. And so there are soul ties with, 
formed between people with whom you pray. There are also soul ties formed with people with whom you violate the fifth commandment vis-a-vis gossip, slander, calumny, detraction. You're also having a soul tie. Now, what does a soul tie do? It links these two souls, and it creates a spiritual intimacy. You can see this in a good way when you have a righteous friend whom, whom you've prayed with and whose presence and thought of this person inspires in you uh, the desire to be good, to, to be better, to be virtuous. Then you also have the person that you meet, uh, that you have a friendship with, who around them your language may change. It may degrade a little bit. You may become a little bit more vulgar. You may entertain thoughts which are not quite compatible with the Christ. Amen. So you you really got to look at those relationships. Um, let's go deeper into it after Yeah, break. let's go deeper into the next segment. You're wrong with Jess Romero, Kyle Clement, War, Wednesday War College. We'll be right back talking about Soul Tide. Wake up, people. Reveille. And by the way, happy Memorial Day uh, yesterday to all of you. Hope you had a great uh, Memorial Monday with your families. And uh, we just uh, hope you all also offered a, a prayer for, for every single veteran that's uh, given their life to pay the ultimate sacrifice so that we can have radio programs like this and speak the truth about the Catholic faith. We're here on Wednesday, Wednesday War College. People really look, to, look uh, forward to Wednesday. Yeah, we even got priests all over the country, prelates all over the country that tune in specifically on Wednesday because I have two heavy hitters on Wednesday. I have uh, Kyle Clement, Dr. Dan Schneider. Both of them uh, are involved in their instructors for Liver Crystal under the under the auspices of Father Chad Ripperger. And we're t- I was asking Kyle right now about soul ties. What are soul ties? There, there's I wanted Kyle to continue fleshing it out, but there is one verse that does kind of explain what a soul tie is it just kind of wraps encapsulate what Kyle was just saying it's in 1 Corinthians 6.16 in the Dewey Reams Bible it says this St. Paul says or know you not that he who is joined to a harlot is made one body for they shall be saith he two in one flesh close quote so that's kind of a biblical definition of a soul tie Kyle there's effects when you unite yourself uh, again to a harlot, to a prostitute, in fornication and adultery, there are, uh, I mean, there, there's, 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 there could be a transference of the spiritual baggage that the other person has onto the, onto the person participating in the soul tie, correct? That's absolutely correct. And so from a diabolical sense, um, it, these are STDs. These are spiritually, trans, spiritually uh-huh. transmitted Spiritually transmitted demons, and so these are STDs. Wow. You 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 share with them, and so Jess, you've seen this. Uh, they purposely do this uh, in gangs, <clears throat> and yeah. so they do it in satanic rites and rituals where people 
participate in orgy or other activities, robbery, murder, any Mm -hmm. of these activities, they participate in a patently uh, depraved mortal sin, and they're thereby joined with the demon that is present to them. And And so this is a counterfeit of being sharing the Holy Spirit um, through righteous activities. Pope St. Leo the Great did a series of homilies. They're extremely hard to find. Uh, But essentially what he said was he was talking about holy and unholy alliances. And he says the souls are linked through activity. He cited St. Paul that bad company corrupts good morals. And essentially what Pope St. Leo the Great said was, you will assume the attributes of those with whom you associate. And if you associate with holy souls, you will assume and try to emulate those attributes. If, however, you associate with those that um, that militate against God, you will assume those attributes are defects. And so choose your friends very, very wisely. Our Lord is even poignant about this when he says, who are my brothers and sisters, those who keep my Father's commandments? Christ is asking us to reorder our soul ties, reorder our even our family structure through this through this uh, system of ordering it is, and this is a one of the lies I really think we need to attack. Is we've always heard <clears throat> that blood is thicker than water, and that's false. The water mm. of baptism is much thicker, much more binding than the blood of family. The mm, the, the right. water Amen. of baptism which binds us as Christians, which binds us as children of God. That's the superior uh, association. Amen. Yep, uh, I've been saying that for years. Uh, and you could just see just on a practical level that oftentimes you're closer to people in the family of God, you know, uh, as, as practicing Catholic, active Catholic Christians, and you are with your own blood family who's lukewarm who, who's, uh, or basically who's uh, away from the faith, you know, living lives of apostasy. Kyle, let's. Uh, I want to jump into a kind of a macro topic. It's the topic of psyops, uh, basically psychological operations. It stands for uh, yeah, that's what it stands for. Psychological operations. A definition would be planned psychological activities using methods of communications and other means directed to approved audiences in order to influence perceptions, attitudes, behavior affecting the achievement of political and military objectives. What I want to talk to you about is there's uh, many articles, but I just pulled one of many and I sent it to you. It's called Occult History of the U.S. Military PSYOPs and its Highly Symbolic Recruitment Video. Very troubling when you see that there was a high-ranking Satanist. He was a Ph.D. and he moved up. He became a lieutenant colonel. And uh, he brags that he had essentially uh, the ears of all the Joint Chiefs of Staffs back in the 60s. We're talking about Michael Aquino. He joined the U.S. Army. He's a, he's a founder, by the way, of the Temple of Set, but he's a disciple of Anton LaVey from the Church of Satan in San Francisco. He broke off and started his own satanic uh, denomination, if you will. He's a graduate from the University of California, Santa Barbara, built a BA and a PhD, so he's got all his liberal academic... Uh, uh, you know uh, his biography from uh, from from again the the West Coast. 
He was in the Army. In 1968, he became an officer specializing in psychological warfare. And then he uh, ended his career as a lieutenant colonel in military intelligence. Now, here's what's, what troubles me. He was open about the fact that he was a Satanist while he was in the military. They knew about it. And it, it seems to me when you read things that Anton LaVey wrote or articles about him, that he would he would bring in his satanic uh his his satanic religion uh in, into the workplace as a US army officer he's the one that def- that invented psyops which is still used today it's still used today the psyops that's used, the, the mind war the mind game that's used today is mostly now through the internet through the mainstream media uh through propaganda radio and, and so Michael Aquino unleashed something upon the world that's been continually used by the left, by, by, by the globalists, by the great reset people, by the oligarchs. But what's dangerous about this guy, Kyle, is that he was a Satanist. So he understood what he was doing, and I think he understood what he unleashed upon the world. There's this one little paragraph where it says, uh, we're quoting Michael Aquino, Warfare is evolving, and all the world is a stage. And then in the background, you see images of people filming propaganda and a person playing the piano. And then it says, because the music industry is involved in psychological warfare. So I'm sure you read the article. Uh, Kyle, is is uh, some of this psychological warfare, can it be attributed to Satan? Is this some, again, is this something that comes from from the, the, the deepest recesses of hell? Or is this just a warped uh, lieutenant colonel from the army back in the '60s, who was, uh, you know, had these fanciful myths about Satan and came up with this uh, this uh, this new discipline in the army called psyops? Well, they're not mutually exclusive. I think that's the first thing to point out is um, those two propositions that you just uh, outlined, you articulated are not mutually exclusive, and they illustrate the concept of psychological compatibility. The mm-hmm. title of this show should be <clears throat> The Dynamic of Psychological Compatibility. And so let's look at, you bring up a couple of things. Let's look at the evolution, if you will, or the movement of the U.S. military, and let's pick it up in World War One. In World War One. It was clear that this was a battle of good and evil. Mm -hmm. It was good against evil. And the soldiers in the United States Army were largely faceless. They were a force. They saw themselves as a group, as a camaraderie, as a a unified force and and with their allies. You're going to be hard-pressed to find a list of individual characters celebrated in World War One, it, it, it's because it was a unified effort, um, and, and we recognize that it wasn't about us personally. Then there starts to be this movement of personality-driven and agenda-driven, and we've got full-blown Masonic involvement uh, in World War Two, mm. and so we've got really the first movement. If you track this from a Freemasonry, let's let's track the beast of Freemasonry, if you will, across uh, geopolitical structures. <clears throat> World War One was the last 
um, uh, the death. It started with the death of the last coronated um, emperor, meaning the last nobility that was coronated by a pope. So you've got separation of church and state. You've got uh, disordered democracy. You've got all of these things happening. So Freemasonry authors uh, the Bolshevik Revolution, the Mexican Revolution, and is authors the New Deal. Uh, all of these things are Freemason constructs. Then we move into World War II, and at the end of World War II, there's a very unique picture of um, at Malt Yalta, where you've got Franklin Roosevelt, Winston Churchill, and Joseph Stalin, all three of whom were 33rd degree Masons. Mm. They redrew the map of the world. Mm. And so we have to realize that that's militating against virtue, uh, not only in the individual, but societally. Then we move into where the U.S. is now drawn into this series of police actions, Korea, Vietnam. This show starts with a music intro, a music bumper that takes me directly to 1969-1970. Hmm. It's it's the image of Vietnam. It's the image of even with Fulton Sheen's voice. You, you still see in my head. I'm seeing the images of the first political coverage of a war. That's the that's the bumper right there. <laughs> it takes you it takes you directly to a time and a place where we distrusted. This is at the heart of what Aquino was doing. Wow, wow. Every, every man for himself. Wednesday War College, Jess Romero, Kyle Clement. We're talking this segment about Michael Aquino, psychological operations. Does it come from Satan, or is it just a, a human mastermind, or is it a combination of both? How dangerous is it? Uh, Kyle Clement has given us a, a basically a rundown of the last hundred years of the wars that we've had. Uh, and he talks about the way World War II, there was a, a paradigm shift. Kyle, can you continue with what you're talking about? Yes, yeah, certainly, Jesse. And so with this paradigm shift, what happens is, and in a society that is shifting from virtuous behavior, meaning all serving the common good, to vicious behavior, meaning all serving themselves, this is a hallmark of Luciferianism and Satanism, and Aquino shifts that, um, uses this movement along with the societal movement uh, that's happening in the 60s <clears throat> to elevating uh, self-pleasure, self-gratification, preservation of one's own corpus. Um, that's the elevation. And so for those of you who are familiar with the faculties of the human person as discussed in Liber Cristo, this is the inversion of the faculties. This suppresses the intellect, weakens the will, and places the instinct and the desire for pleasure and self-preservation at the top. So it's a direct inversion. So this is exactly opposite martyrdom. Um, and so in this one, um, there is a very unique um, shift there. And so Aquino 
<clears throat> takes the the degradation, the the ongoing worldwide degradation uh, of humanity and dissent and movement away from faith. Now, you see all this happening in concert because we have modernism, relativism, deformation in seminaries. Uh, we have the great shift in the liturgy. We have Vatican II. We have all the structures, all the institutions um, who are being militated against, right ordered authority, all of these things. If you remember, in the 60s, there were these um, there were these uh, demonstrations. Don't trust anyone over 30. All the institutions were evil. Uh, there was rioting on um, in universities. It was always amazing to me that these rich white kids, there on dad's check, are militating against the very biting, literally, the hand that feeds them. Uh, but this is Satanism. This is Luciferianism, where the individual is elevated to his own God. And then God himself, uh, they turn their back on him. So it's the movement literally from ad orientum to ad hominem or ad populum, and we see it echoed in the liturgy. We see it echoed in the church. The last comment I want to make on this is is Aquino is simply <clears throat> putting forward um, the effeminate response, the soft response, take care of yourself, nobody else is, whatever's happening to you is unjust, get even. And so he elevated that to an art form and kind of harnessed uh, that sense of offense and injustice. And what you're looking at right now is the military that is the product of that evolutionary line, which we now have a military that's willing to fire on its own unarmed citizens. We have a military mm -hmm. that's willing to do whatever's necessary to preserve itself. And so the military has been corrupted inside out. Absolutely. Um, People will tell you in the military now that if you're not a Freemason, your chances of uh, promotion are very slim. If you're a Catholic, if you're not politically oriented to the left, your chances of advancement are slim to none. This is a product of that, psych that psychological shift which placed the individual ahead of country, ahead of God, ahead of any of the sacred institutions. And so that's what we're looking at. You're absolutely right. One of, one of my friends... Uh... He was a, a lieutenant colonel in the army, and he was tapped by the the joint chiefs of staffs. They asked him. They said, "Hey, we want to uh, we want to promote you, but you have to come to one of our uh, you have to come to one of our Masonic lodge meetings." He was a practicing Catholic, and he he I mean he just like what what are you talking about? I'm Catholic. It's okay. If you're Catholic. We want you to come, and this is gonna this is gonna determine whether we're gonna recommend you for promotion or not. He didn't take it. You know, he followed the sense of the census today. He says, "No, nah, there's just something." tells me not to go and he didn't go uh he, they passed him up for promotion and uh he ended up retiring from the military but he told me exactly what you said he was approached by the joint chief of staff i won't mention names it was plural and they told him come to our masonic meeting and you will be elevated to the next rank and he says i, I can't do it he just he didn't know anything about the freemasons but he just as a Catholic, he just sensed that there was something bizarre with that request, so he didn't he didn't follow up on it. So, what you're saying is absolutely true, and I know I know of a person that this affected completely. Carlos, I'm looking at this article. I'm looking at the, a lot of these military patches. They actually have wizards in the center of the patch. When you read the read the article, special projects, flight test squadron. There's a wizard in between. 
National Reconnaissance Operations Center. There's a wizard in the patch in between. Uh, so, I mean, this is the occult has completely penetrated the military. And I, I'm guessing it was probably, it, it probably started in the 60s with Michael Aquino. But I scratched my head and I asked myself, what was a president back then, the Joint Chiefs of Staff? What, I mean, this guy was open about his satanic involvement. What did they think? Did they just think like, hey, you know, just another, you know, just another, uh, you know, religion out there, just like any, you know, no biggie. Or was it because they said, well, we're, we're Masons and he's a Satanist, so we're one and the same. So we're just going to turn a blind eye to whatever he does. I mean, I, I'm guess I'm guessing that's how they just were were able just to just uh, become oblivious to Michael Aquino because he was very open about his practices. Articles were being written about him. Uh, you know, he was even involved. He, he uh, law enforcement went after him over over uh, pedophilia cases. They didn't sustain a conviction. I think he just had too many. He had just too much power, and uh, they weren't able to sustain a conviction. But the fact is. Uh, what what he unleashed upon the world, psyops, a psychological operation, this warfare upon all of us. This is this is what they've been doing to us now. Especially, they've really ramped up. They've really ramped up their game under Biden and Fauci, and this whole Great Reset scandemic pandemic. What say you? Well, you're precisely right. I mean, it even here's the way it looks in your neighborhood. There are people who live in neighborhoods where your neighbor, thinking they are doing quote, the right thing, but for their own preservation, their own political agenda, are going to start ratting us out. You know, this guy's got guns. This guy is a pro-lifer. This this is where we're headed. Make no mistake, this is where we're headed. And so there will be blood in the streets of American citizens uh, spilled by those in uniform who are not righteously motivated. Um, they're preserving the state. The state has become God. And so that's exactly where we are. Um, you know, the idea that you you can prevent this or you can change this, no, this is not happening. We've already dropped off the rail. This train is wrecking. And so what you need to do is provide, preserve the faith, preserve your family, let your heart not be troubled. Thanks be to Amen. God you were born in this time. Prepare to be a saint. Um, this this is the language of a warrior. We can't wring our hands and do the, the chicken little. You can't trust the military. You can't trust law enforcement. You can't trust That's right. your own church hierarchy. That's gone. Do what you know is right. Take the counsel of people who are pursuing holiness and preserving the faith. I'm not advocating any militancy about it at all. I'm saying get you a safe distance from the train wreck. Yeah, and there's and there's all, a lot of people out there that are pursuing a life of, of holiness. You'll find them everywhere. There's pockets. There's a remnant everywhere. There's pockets of Catholics that are uh, seriously following the traditions of the church and uh, and striving for holiness every single day. They're out there. Just uh, we have to unite ourselves with them because you're right. You're, at this point, Kyle, there's very few people we can trust. And it reminds me now of of two psalms which say, do not put your trust in men, put your trust in God. Do not put your trust in princes, put your trust in God. That becomes truer and truer as time goes on. We're living it, Jesse. We're living it. And thanks be to God, people like you point out that this is where we are in the Scriptures. Look look at what's happening. That Nothing new under the sun, saith, say Kawila, the prophet. <laughs> look at where you are, and you know what's coming next. This is a script. 
and it repeats. And so you know what's coming. It it the only difference is there may be a prolonging, but sequentially what has happened in scripture is happening now and will continue to happen. Track the Jews and you'll follow the track of the Catholics. Yeah. Yeah, the way the way it ended for them. The destruction of the temple, the the last stand of Jews in the Hill of Masada, they were wiped out by the Romans. All the Sadducees, all the priesthood, they had their throats slit. Uh, the uh, the Old Testament came to a close, and and uh, Old Testament Judaism was dispersed throughout the Gentile nations. The Old Testament Israel is the New Testament Catholic Church. What happened in the Old Testament will, ha- will happen to the New Israel of God. The same thing will happen. But we know this: there will always be a remnant. God has always promised that there will always be a remnant upon the earth. Romans chapter eleven verse five. And so as Catholics, the, what I would just tell you is this, prepare for martyrdom, do not be afraid, and, uh, and remember that uh, at, uh, make sure you're part of that remnant, and make sure you're evangelizing and praying for people so you're throwing these life jackets out there, because many Catholics that are friend, friends and family of ours, they're swimming in shark-infested waters, and we want to throw them that lifesaver that says, Jesus, pull them back into the bark of the church. And get and teach him to live a life of sanctifying grace. Kyle, you got one more minute. Go ahead, my friend. Well, you're absolutely right, Jesse. And and if I can leave the listeners with one thought, and that is this: find the truth, live the truth, live your Catholic faith. Do not look to the left nor the right. Let mm. not your way be swayed. Look at God. Keep your focus on God. Do the things that are right. Show your family how to pursue and place your faith at the at the top of your list, because that's who we are as men. All of our prayers, all of our efforts, militate out of and come from a place of purity. Be pure. Your opinion on political matters is absolutely worthless. In fact, it's worse than worthless because it takes you away from thoughts of God, thoughts of Christ. Capture every thought, make it obey Christ. Be holy. Get holy or die trying. Amen. And there's only one vax that we're going to be pushing on uh, on uh, on the on the Wednesday War College and that's called the the blood of Jesus, the Holy Eucharist. And the only virus we're going to be warning you against is not the Fauci virus or the communist virus, it's the virus called mortal sin. As uh, St. John Bosco said, I'd rather die than commit sin. You've been listening to Wednesday War College. That's a wrap. End of watch. E-O-W. Kyle Clement, Jess Romero. We'll see you next time. Same Christ channel. Same Christ time. God bless you. Keep the faith up next. Gary Machuda. Hands-on apologetics coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. God bless you. Lord, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me.